0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon, I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing. Always striving, nay, toiling, toiling to be your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business and Before we get started on the show today, I would like to direct your attention, listeners, to wmkvfm.org. That is the official website of WMKV and the place where you can listen to Real Life Real Estate if you happen to be, you know, not in your car at 5 o'clock on Wednesday, or you're listening to us on the podcast and you're you're thinking that, that this is a podcast. It's not a podcast. It's a live radio show. Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on WMKV here in Cincinnati. And uh, there's a button there that says you can listen live. And um, you might want to log in like five minutes before the show because there's a little app you have to download. I'm, I'm saying all this because I got a lengthy email from a listener last week who said, I really wanted to hear your show. I was really interested in the topic. But I went to the website and there was nothing that I could do. Nope, there's a button click. It downloads an app onto your computer and then you can listen. Also... On that website, you're going to notice at the top of the page, there is a little thingy that says Fundamentals of Real Estate Investing. That is a two-day class that I am teaching in Columbus, Ohio on February the 27th and 28th. I donated several seats in that class to WMKV to um, sell to listeners to support public radio here on WMKV. We made five available, we still have one left. And it is an amazing class. Um, just taught it here in Cincinnati about uh, two weeks ago and had incredible feedback from people saying, you know, I really filled in my the gaps in my knowledge. Now I really feel like I'm ready to go out and make deals. And uh, you probably need to come to it. Unless you feel like you have all the knowledge you need and you can just make all the deals you want. So to go to wmkvfm.org, click on that button that says Fundamentals of Real Estate. It's a $697 pledge to come to Columbus and take this class, or you can watch it online. You don't have to come there. You can sit at your computer at your house on February 27th, 28th, and we'll just ship you the 200-page manual ahead of time so that you can uh, read it first and have good questions to ask and so on. WMKVFM.org. We are continuing our now almost two month long series of investors of uh, interviews with real-life real estate investors and today we have a couple of folks on who are in a niche that a lot of people are interested in but very few people actually understand how to make money in and that is what would commonly be called vacation rentals or resort rentals or or now that We've got organizations like Airbnb around nightly rentals. Um, Two different guests. Brad Mancado, who is a full-time real estate investor and entrepreneur from the Branson, Missouri area. He's got over 12 years experience in construction as well as um, buying and fixing up houses. Uh, He is the owner of one of Branson's um, biggest kind of upscale vacation home rental type places. Uh, My other guest, oh, and he's also, by the way, because this deserves its own set of attention, he's the co-founder of the Springfield Branson Real Estate Investor Networking Group. And I make a big deal out of that because that's a lot of work and people who... People who start and run those groups deserve a big, giant pat on the back. Uh, my other guest today is Tracy Lightfoot, who is an investor and the top-performing lead agent for Worley & Associates for the past three years. She specializes in working with investors and vacation rental properties and likes to get her clients the top return on investment that she possibly can. So joining us by phone from the Branson area are Tracy Lightfoot and Brad Moncando guys welcome to real life real estate thank you
2: thank you,
1: <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> didn't know We're who here. to talk first huh? <laughs> yeah that's perfect timing yeah that's uh that's the uh that's the challenge to you being there and me being here is you guys i'm sure looked at each other and went who talks first so um <laughs> let's 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 talk about this um nightly rental vacation rental resort rental kind of thing because i don't know it seems like it seems like an area that a lot of people with money but not much education are attracted to. Would would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, vacation rental's been around for a long time, but it's been something that's kind of been hidden, you know. You meet people that own them, but they don't really talk about it until really the last five or six years. And mm-hmm. most of them are people that own houses that just decided they didn't use it all the time, so they were gonna let other people use it too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Which is which is different from somebody who intentionally sets out and says, well, I'm going to go buy a house on the beach for investment. And uh, many times I know their real goal is I'm going to, I'm going to use it for investment for the next 10 years, and then ultimately, I'm going to retire there. It's I think that's a common, that's a common arc. But um, the difference between you, and I, I think a lot of the amateur, oh, gosh, it just sounds like a really great idea to own a vacation rentals is your yours actually make money.
3: Well, that's right, and that's the purpose for mine. Mine is strictly cash flow. I'll probably never stay in mine or very rarely stay in mine unless we do a family reunion or an event. But mine is to get people, you know, when they stay in town to have a great experience in a, you know, three-, five-, six-bedroom home and let them spend some great family time. But, yes, mine is about making money. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm and and uh, typically the listeners to real life real estate are not the oh i've got a million dollars that i'm looking for, I'm looking for a place to park it and not make any money on it <laughs> you know until i wait to retire so i just wanted to make that point that um if you bother to get some education along with your money that you have to invest vacation rentals can in fact be currently profitable, not profitable 15 years the future, but like really make money right now?
4: Yeah,
3: that's right. Um, you can most definitely make good money. I, I use a rule of thumb that if it's going to cost me, let's just use a simple number of $25,000 to pay the bills and operate a vacation rental house, that I would want to be able to cash flow at least twice that in nightly rental income. To, uh, I want to make. I want to double what it cost me to hold it, basically.
1: Nice, nice.
2: And that
3: works. And when you look at that, when you look at that as an investor, that is one of the best ways I found to create passive income year after year. Um, I can tell you a story about one of the houses I have was one I was I built and lived in and was going to sell, and the and the buyer backed out of it, and I would have made between eighty five and ninety thousand dollars on that house when I sold it. But when I converted it and got it approved for a vacation rental, now I'll cash flow $25,000 plus a year on that house from here on out. Mm -hmm. So for me, keeping that house, maybe short term wasn't as joyful, but long term is a whole lot better financially.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, you happen to live near a place where lots of people want to go on vacation. For folks who don't, yes, that's right. Who, who aren't familiar instance, with Branson, it's kind of like the Gatlinburg of Missouri, right? There's, there's, there's. It really <laughs> is.
3: We see a lot of cars here from Ohio and, and all kinds of places out east and up north. You know, this is kind of their home away from home. We see cars. We get about seven or eight million visitors a year Oof. in this tiny little town of Branson, Missouri, which houses about ten or twelve thousand people. So we are definitely a tourist destination, and there'll be a few of you listeners that know about
1: Branson. Yeah, I, 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 I joke. I, it's you know, it, it's not, it's not my thing. But I know a lot of people who it is totally their thing, and they go there every year. Like Clockwork, how important do you think it is to your success that you live in the market? I mean, like, like, would you feel comfortable owning vacation rentals if they were five hundred miles away?
3: I would. Um, Tracy could speak to this a little bit more because she has sold vacation rentals for years to people that live outside the area.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have, I mean, I have clients that live in California and they own multiple properties right here in Branson. Mm-hmm. They either manage them themselves or they hire a property management company to do the work for them and they just collect a check from them every month.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I have I have clients who actually have a client who lives up in Iowa. She owns 10 properties herself. um, And her goal was to have over a million dollars in real estate investing and have, you know, basically an empire for herself. And she's been doing that for 10 years. um, And she's way surpassed her goal. Mm
1: -hmm. But surely, Tracy, you have seen people who came in there and did not understand the market. And overpaid and got told, oh, you know, this place is going to rent for three thousand dollars a night when in reality it was two thousand a week max. You know that that sort of sure. you know starry-eyed Californian thinking. How can I possibly lose stuff out here in Missouri so cheap? What what sort of advice would you have for somebody who was you know considering a market, be it Branson or you know Florida or Cape Cod or wherever? and needed to study the market before they dove in and actually made an investment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, education is everything. Educate yourself about about the market. Um, if you're working with an agent or not, um, you know, it's something you definitely want to know what the prices are. You want to know what, what that area brings. You know, definitely do your research on what people are getting in. Peak season and off-peak season, know what your seasons are. Uh, some places, if it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be here, obviously. It can be um, any place in Florida or in the Carolinas, wherever. Um, some of those locations are only bringing 12 weeks of season a year. And If you spend a half a million dollars on a beach house and you only have 12 weeks of season, obviously... You know, you do the math, you you have to bring some pretty big numbers to make that work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, try to find maybe a a location where your seasons are longer. Like here in Branson, we have March through December. We have a longer season. We have peak and off-peak. Allows you to buy a lot less, but our rental rates here per night, statistically speaking, are about the same as what folks are paying in Florida. So um, your rate of return is is a lot higher in an area um, where obviously your median values are a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, regardless, you know, education is everything. You know, really do your research. Um, Make sure that vacation rental is approved in those areas. Um, Make sure you know your municipalities, If there's HOAs, your covenants and restrictions, you know, there are things that go along with it, but it doesn't have to be complicated and you can make a lot of money doing it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm talking today to Tracy Lightfoot and Brad Moncado. And Brad, I know I keep mangling your last name, but I just have, I'm having such a hard time with those two syllables, Moncado. I'm having such a hard time with those two syllables, I don't know why. Uh, these guys are experts uh, by virtue of having done it on vacation rentals as investments so if you've ever thought about this or you've got questions about it or how it works you can give us a call at 877-772-9658 again that's toll free 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email askvina at gmail.com Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host Vina Jones Cox. My guests today are Brad and Tracy. See? Didn't make yeah, anybody's yeah. last name, Brad and Tracy, who are uh an investor and an agent uh, respectively from the Branson, Missouri area and who are heavily involved in uh vacation rentals like profitable ones not the kind that you buy because someday you're looking for tax break right now and someday you hope to maybe move into it but in the meantime it loses money every month these these guys are into like making money every month on these which interests me much more so than than this the idea of you know just effectively sticking my money in a mattress and uh we're, we're talking about uh, the pros, and cons, you know, giving you advice if you've thought about this. Uh, 877-772-9658. Also, you can send an email and I'm going to spell the email address. It occurred to me after I said it before the break that not everybody knows how to spell Vina. It's Vina V like in Victor, E-N-A, at gmail.com. Uh, with any questions that you have about vacation rentals and how you might be able to make them successful for yourself, so let's kind of let's kind of um, dig a little more into the day to day here of of what these things are like. Now, um, there's been a lot of brouhaha in the news about Airbnb type. You know, taking it out of the hands of the hotels, um, direct to, right, consumer to consumer type nightly rentals. And some people are very upset about it. Some people think it's the best thing ever. Why Why all of a sudden is this in the news every time I turn around?
3: I think the biggest reason why is because people are making money off of maybe a room or a space in their house that they never use. And they see it as an opportunity to let people stay in it and make dollars. You know, people are motivated by money. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what's interesting is uh, we have a member at one of at our our group uh, up in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. There's no beach. There's no mountains. There's no skiing. There's no country music. There's no. Who makes a mint renting? A house out by the night on airbnb or I, i'm not sure that's the exact one but one of one of those uh related things and and i if you'd have told me that you I, ranson i get it <laughs> you know people people want to go there and they want to spend a week if you if you have said well you but you can also do it in cincinnati i you i would have called you a liar you know but apparently it's a it's a real thing now that's not exactly the same thing as a vacation rental because that's more of a you know, either, like you said, I've got a two family and I do half of it on a nightly basis, or maybe I've got a room that I rent on a nightly basis or something like that. But um, if you haven't been following this, you need to, you need to start looking around, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, but, but, but this is to you, this is a business. This isn't just, this is my room that I'm renting. You're actually, you actually have several of these. How, How many, how many rentals do you, how many vacation rentals do you own, Brad?
3: Well, the, the fun part about the vacation rental business, especially when you tie it in with Airbnb, is that a lot of people look at it by the dwelling, but we look at it by the room. Interesting. And so, you know, when you have different houses, like a three-bedroom would really be a three-room situation. And
1: mm-hmm. the reason
3: why you classify it as that is because in our market, and really generally across the country, if you have a one bedroom, you're probably going to bring in about $10,000 a year on that one bedroom. And you can kind of stack it up that way. So like a 6 bedroom will bring in about $60,000 a year in income. So on the rooms that I've got, um, I'm up to 18. And I'm working on an offer right now where I'm going to have eight more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's this is a little bit newer to me in the business. I've been a real estate investor for years. But being in this tourist market and finding the cash flow in these vacation rentals has been great. Mm -hmm. You talk about Airbnb as well. I've stayed in some places. I've got my houses on there on Airbnb and I've stayed in other places using Airbnb. I'll give you an example that my uh, daughter was trying out for a Disney, um, you know, try out to be in one of their, be one of their shows. We went to Dallas. Well, I went on, on the website. I found a place to stay and we stayed in a couple's loft. There were four of us we stayed in their upstairs three bedroom two bath area, and uh, it was a unique experience and they made breakfast for us um, <laughs> it was it was it was really pretty fun you meet people that you have never met before mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. now coming coming back to to your specific properties in the Branson area and i say oh I only mm-hmm. own eighteen rooms well, you know that's like eighteen rooms more than <laughs> me or <laughs> probably any many of my listeners. Um. What? And you mentioned like there's there's you know, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, four bedrooms, six bedrooms. I would like if if somebody offered me a six bedroom house just to rent, I would be a little leery of it because I'd be like, well, that's a lot of maintenance, it's a lot of turnover, it's a lot of square footage to heat and cool. Do you actually prefer? I mean, do you find that in vacation rentals, bigger is better?
3: I absolutely find that to be true. Um, I, I know a lot of people that have small and big in this area. And to me, it's about the same amount of work to own a two-bedroom as it is to own a six-bedroom. So I chose to own the bigger houses. And it, it is wonderful. People treat a nice big house with so much respect when they can stay and do a family reunion. You know, a lot of times we'll walk in, the cleaning crew will walk in when they're done, and they treat it. They've cleaned it up. They've done a good portion of the laundry. All the dishes are done. Sometimes they even vacuum people treat it well. They treat it a whole lot better than than you would expect in a rental, like in a normal annual rental situation.
1: Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was, that was, of course, going to be my next question. Uh, with a six-bedroom, I mean, I think typically when you do vacation, when you're renting a vacation house, they would say that a six-bedroom would sleep between 12 and 15 people. They usually count like two people per bedroom plus there's a pull-out right. couch, right? And I would – I. In in my head, as an inexperienced person, I would be thinking, okay, so that's going to be that's going to be a party pad. That's going to be you know the fraternity is going to rent that for spring break.
3: <laughs> and they do.
1: <laughs> so what are what are some? I mean, obviously, you've already talked about some of the upsides. Um, primarily, ten thousand dollars a year per bedroom. That's that's a pretty big upside. What are yeah. some of the downsides to to owning vacation rentals that people are just gonna have to accept
3: well I think the hardest part is that you've got a beautiful house that you've got and you always kind of wonder who's there and what's going on there I gotta admit I drive mine occasionally when I when I see an inquiry from someone that you think it might become the party pad (laughs) and most of the time those fears are just fears They, they don't they don't really become reality like I say most people treat it like gold. Now we've had a few parties uh, where we'll walk in and you'll see beer sprayed up on the ceiling, on the wall, and on the carpet. You know, some things like that. I mean, that stuff's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm.
3: generally, that is not the case.
1: And there's a there's a i in my memory as as not an owner of but a renter of those properties. There's generally a fairly hefty deposit <laughs> that one has one has put up for. Just exactly that sort of out of control situation. So I, I assume that you know some of that is even if somebody does damage, a lot of it's um, going to be covered by deposits.
3: And that's that's true. The damage deposit, you know, varies between the size of the house. You know, the interesting thing about the damage deposit is most people take that very very seriously. I leave a a big, light, nice, happy note when people arrive, sharing with them what's around the house how to use the fireplace, how to use the grill, and just let them know, you know, if you mess something up, you're going to pay for that. And people take that very seriously, and they read that, and if they have questions, they will email me about that. But I find that the more you kind of love on people in that regard, the, the more respect that you'll see back. I do know of some stories of some other houses in the area that – their, their note when people enter the door is a little bit more like, you can't do this, you can't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And and what they have found is that it gives them kind of a license to do all those things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they spent $600 to be here tonight. They're going to build a fire in the fireplace even though that thing says not to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so to to take care of your people in a kind fashion gets me a lot more mileage than telling people what they can't do on my
1: property. Is insurance different for nightly vacation rentals than it is for just a rental property?
3: It absolutely is. The When you talk to your insurance agent about it, you're really getting more of, more of a commercial policy because you're going to have other humans in your dwelling that aren't normally there. And you want to make sure that you check with the local governing, you know, their requirements, the fire department, and having specific exit signs and, and all, all of that, which correlates with the insurance because the insurance rates will be a lot higher if you don't do what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and making sure your places are safe. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. But don't, don't necessarily expect that the guy who's insuring your, your personal residence is going to know how to insure.
3: That's right. You're, you're it, going to want to find somebody that's a
1: little bit experienced in doing those commercial type policies. Mm-hmm. yeah because the worst case scenario is you buy insurance and you think you're covered because <laughs> your insurance agent didn't understand that it needed to be a different kind of policy and then something does happen and then the insurance company refuses to pay so as, as... No, you're right about that something i did is i went and
3: talked to some other real estate investors that own vacation rentals in my area and i asked them who they used you know and then i went out and i i talked to like seven or eight different ones and i and every one of them will give you a little bit different perspective on stuff. But when you're done with that, you know, betting that out, then you're going to understand things a whole lot better. And you're going to get exactly what
1: you need. Tracy, let me let me go over to you as the person who probably manages a lot of properties for a lot of different people, and so has that more hands-on um, experience of the vacancy risk because that's that's the thing that. To me, always concerned me about owning vacation rentals is is as you say. There's a season, and every week that I don't have it rented during the season is a week that I can't go back. You know, I can't I can't go back and and recover that income. So as as a manager, is is your main job to to try and make sure that you know deposits are gotten, people are signed up, and that the whole season is full. Well,
2: I don't per se manage the properties. I have helped some of my clients Mm education-wise by when they purchase a vacation rental property, I've I've helped them set up their website and different things like that because they were managing it themselves. Ah. Um, I even went across and helped clients take those bookings. So I do have experience on that part. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, And I also work closely with a couple of property management companies who manage only vacation rental properties in our area, mm-hmm. and you know, to answer your question specifically, though, um, you know, it is it is important to to book to book those properties up in the weeks that you can get them booked and, and have max capacity. Um, you know, most most of our clients in this area, at least the clients I'm working with. Um, you know they will. They'll book 169th plus per year in their property. Mm. Um, that gives them plenty of income to. Let's say they didn't pay cash for their property. Let's say that they did get a a mortgage on it um, as a second home or however they did did so a commercial policy whichever um, route made the most sense for that individual. Uh, they're rate of return on their cash cash on cash, even at a hundred and sixty ninth per year, is significantly higher. I mean I have clients that are getting rates of returns of thirty to fifty percent on their cash invested. Wow. And January and February is kind of our off season here. We start picking back up for we have about three different weeks in spring break for our area.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And um you know, we'll have, you know, probably about three weeks that will be booked out for folks in, in March. April will be kind of spotty. And then May is, is our real big kickoff to our max our season. And in our area specifically, what we have found really with statistics with working with so many clients for so long is that um, if they book 100 nights per year, that's breaking even for them. Anything over 100 nights per year is cash in their pocket. So that downtime in the season really doesn't, um, is not a huge impact because they are able to carry their property even when it's vacant. And that's when they're going in and doing their touch-up paint and making it pretty for the next season.
1: Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. So what is the biggest, what is the biggest secret to keeping your vacation rentals as full as possible? Is it what you've bought in the first place? Is it location? Is it marketing them? Is it bells and whistles? What is it?
2: I'm going to say, you know, how I coach a lot of my clients when they're buying property. Uh, People want king-size beds and flat-screen TVs, and they want a clean place to lay their head and, and comfortable, you know, mattresses. Um, it doesn't really necessarily have to be location. You know, I have clients who have property on the lake. I have clients that have property in the country that would not make sense by any means, but they're cash flowing like crazy. Um, so it's not necessarily location wise, um, but it it is. You know, if you have if you have a game room, put a pool table in there or an air hockey machine. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Add something for that family to do while they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily will they be in your home the whole time, but if you hook up a Wii in the entertainment center and and add some games or some extra DVDs for movie night, um, that makes a big difference.
1: See, everything you just said is a lot cheaper than what I thought you were going to say. (laughs) <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say, "Well, you got to add fifty thousand dollars worth of upgrades," and you're 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 talking about a few thousand think. dollars difference. So that that's very cool. All right, uh, we need to take a quick break. After which we will come back and talk to Jerry, who is on line one in Cincinnati, and answer the question from Christine in Atlanta. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vena Jones-Cox. If you are not connected with Real Life Real Estate, you need to get connected. There's some very exciting stuff coming up, both locally here in Cincinnati and around the country that you are not even going to find out about unless you are on our contact list. You can do that by going to realliferealestate.com. There's a little box at the top that says, I don't know, something like stay in touch with real life real estate. If you do that, you will get a weekly e-letter with information by and about our guests reminding you to listen to the show live so that you can answer ask questions. Plus, there will be articles that will help you become successful investing in real estate. All kinds of neat stuff. RealLifeRealEstate.com. Don't neglect that. Uh, we're going to go to the phones and talk to Jerry, who is calling on line one from Cincinnati. Jerry, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
4: Hi, Vena. Um, You may have covered this. I lost. I w- I drove out of uh, range, and I couldn't ha- hear for the last 15 minutes, so I apologize as, as already addressed this. Um, as you know, I, I just bought my first uh, vacation rental property down in Florida, and I'm just curious how uh, your experts there have gone about determining the appropriate uh, rental rates, you know, for in-season, off-season, that sort of thing. Obviously, you want to maximize the net-net, the um, you know, most weeks rented at the greatest amount that you can. So I'm just curious on how they go about determining that.
1: Brad, is your um, Go ahead.
2: Uh, this is, you know, basically, we've actually done some research for clients in other areas in the nation, actually, and... What what we're looking at is, you know, go on those vacation rental websites where everybody's booking booking these um, booking your vacation rentals and really pin part pinpoint and target the location that you purchased in. You know, see what your competition is running for in those peak and off peak, you know, they should have it specifically listed out what a peak and off peak um You know, if it's red dates, blue dates, you know, however somebody lists their property. That would be one way to research that specifically on rates. Um, And then you may want to also, you know, you can pick up the phone and and call some of those owners. Um, Ask them questions. They're friendly. They will talk to you, especially since you purchased one. You're in the club. (laughs)
4: yeah yep yep (laughs) yeah we've talked to our neighbors (laughs) yeah
1: so so jerry at the beginning of the show we were talking about how how brad actually intentionally buys vacation rentals in his backyard to make current cash flow Mm -hmm. you have bought one in a different place is it was was your goal to own vacation rentals is your goal to live in it is your goal to retire there what what is what what's your plan
4: um our specific goal is obviously we wanted to at least cash flow some uh two of the it's a three family and two of the units we plan to have you know full time weekly vacation rentals the third is our owner suite if you will that we are, you know, our goal is to basically become snowbirds and spend you know five or six months um out of this cold weather <laughs> and uh <laughs> so that's that's our goal you know why we went for something specifically where we did uh, the You know, the sub-goal of that is that during that, you know, roughly six months when we aren't there, we would uh, go ahead and rent that, you know, for that time period as well. So we, you know, have two and a half units that, that will be available and then be able to use it primarily as our, our winter retreat.
1: Okay, so slightly different um Goal, kind of, kind of, kind of like your, uh, you've gone back to being the first-time homebuyer who buys a two-family so that you somebody can help you pay your mortgage. <laughs>
4: kind of, it's, it's it's real similar, yeah. Um, you know, we're hoping to to come out on the on the plus side every month on it, you know, a few bucks. Uh, but you know, to have a to have a place that basically breaks even, where I can go and live on an island, you know, that's not all bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. All right, very good. Thank you for your question, Jerry, and uh, right. congratulations on purchasing your first vacation rental um, yeah congrats yeah now um brad and tracy uh, i have a i have a question here that came in via email at askvina at gmail.com this is from Christine in atlanta and she says i don't know if your guests would be willing to answer this but if they were going to buy vacation rentals someplace other than in branson what would be their favorite market and why wow yeah i'll,
3: I'll answer this um, and most of my travels down to, well, there's two areas. Uh, down to Florida. Florida is a great place. The reason I love, like Florida a lot is because they don't really have a season so much. Uh, there are some little pockets of areas that some of the other folks in my investor group have purchased in where the value of what they purchased was really, really good. We're talking beach view properties that they're not spending a whole lot on, way less than you would expect them to, to spend and they're cash-flowing already very, very well with it. So mm-hmm. the fact that there's not a season so much down there in Florida really makes that attractive. Another area would be out in Colorado, somewhere middle Colorado, maybe um, like I've been to Granby and right there at the National Park, somewhere in that general area, Wh- uh, Whistler, Copper Mountain, somewhere where you can get a very, vi- very high amount of uh, income in a very short amount of time, where you don't have to be full all the time, but you're going to make your money in those specific seasons, kind of like Branson. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Um. So, so th- those are kind of those are kind of based on like places that you like, right? Like I, I would like to be yeah. in Colorado, so I would like to own a place in Colorado. Is that is that how you would suggest that people maybe pick a market? Because there are so many. Mar- I mean, there. There's, you know, north even in the northeast they've got beachfront properties short season, <laughs> but there's, you know, I I know I know people who buy uh properties on the Jersey Shore to rent out twelve weeks a year. There you got Florida, you got Arizona, you got all over the place. It seems overwhelming.
3: Well, that's the nice thing about it. You kind of brought this up earlier. It really doesn't matter where your place is. There's going to be a niche of people that want to be there that want to experience some of the th- same things that you experience. So I would say maybe go about half on your emotion of where you like to travel to. The other half for me is all about income. If, I, if Even if I like to go there, but I don't think that property is in cash flow, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. I look at what other rentals in that area are priced at versus what it's going to cost me to purchase it. Mm-hmm. And then I look at their nights that they have available versus what's rented. If they've got a lot rented, I know that's a high demand area if they have very little rented a few months in advance i know that that's probably not an area that's going to cash flow the way i want it to cash flow mm-hmm.
1: yeah i was uh just to just to tell a a personal story i wherever i am in the country i'm always looking at real estate you know for sale signs magazines i just can't help it and uh i was in south south florida last year along the gulf coast i won't say i don't i won't say where but very very nice upscale area and the prices at which investment properties were selling were insane. They were insane. It was like, I saw a 17-unit building, all one-bedroom units, that had sold for $100,000 a door. And and, and and they didn't rent. I mean, they didn't rent for anything that would... Cover even a fifty percent mortgage on that on that property. So I think there's some areas that that are just so like they're so hot and so well known that that I guess the assumption is I'm going to buy it for the appreciation, not the income. But as you say, I've also seen places where you can get into a you know a one bedroom condo for forty five thousand dollars that's beachfront and and rents for fifteen hundred dollars a week. So they're they're are places that make sense and places that don't make sense. Um, question about financing. This is always, this is always a big thing for folks who are thinking about acquiring something for the long term. Is there is there some kind of special financing for resort properties, or are we just looking for investor financing if we're going to the bank to get it?
3: Well, that most definitely is a tri- tricky topic. Something that I've found is that if you have a good relationship with a banker, especially if it's a local bank, I mean, that's going to be your best opportunity. A lot of times the national banks and the regional banks, you know, they all have a different set of guidelines that they have to play by. But your local banks know the area that you're trying to buy a place in. They, They understand things a little bit differently. And if you can get educated, you know, we teach a lot of people a lot of things with our systems that we have. But when you teach them and they become educated and they can put together a performa and show that they understand what they're talking about for return, it'll go a long way with the conversation of a bank to the bank. You know, I have seven or eight different banks that when I find an opportunity, that I shoot it out to. Um, and, and that allows me to, to kind of compete with one another with what I'm trying to do. As a As a real estate investor, and I know a lot of your listeners are real estate investors, if you can keep your mindset in your real estate investor mindset when you're purchasing houses at a significant discount or at a great value, and then you can find how they could be turned into or zoned properly for a vacation rental, it is a win-win situation. And when the bankers see that you're doing that, they will buy into your situation a little bit better. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So I think I think what I'm reading between the lines here is that is that your typical big Fannie Mae type lender is not real fond of vacation rentals.
3: That's true. There's just too many hoops to jump through, and and uh, they very rarely will even talk to you about it.
1: Interesting. Now, what about creative finance strategies? Are there, are there motivated sellers of vacation rentals out there who might carry financing themselves or lease option you a property or land contract, things like that?
3: There are, and that's the—that's probably the funnest part of the business. And once people see that you're, you know, a little bit savvy and understanding, real estate as an invest, you know, investing, and then also as vacation rental, people will bring you deals that you won't even understand. One of the first properties I bought in Branson was a property that that a couple put on the market. And they instantly found another property in another state that they wanted very badly. Well, that's their motivation to sell quick. Well, as a real estate investor, you know I'm not going to go in with a full price or a reduced offer. I'm going to go in with a significant discounted offer. And Tracy was my agent on this, and she looked at me like, are you nuts, Brad? We are not going to do this. And I said, let's try it and see what happens. And they came back with a very fair, fully furnished offer. Um, on the creative financing side of it, I had another gentleman in the last month um, ask me a question. It was funny. I was talking with this gentleman right when his maintenance guy it was the normal rental property, a vacation rental zone. His maintenance guy walked in the door and gave him a list of things that had to be done right now because of a water leak in the unit.
1: Ooh. And he looked
3: at me and he said, Brad, are you interested in my property? I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> I said, if you'll finance it to me 100%, I'll do it. And he said, deal. We put we scratched out a deal right there for the entire thing, and he's going to own or finance the property to me. Nice. So, I mean, yes, it is beautiful when stuff like
1: that happens uh-huh uh-huh so if if you were I mean you've got your little niche there and you it's your market you live there you can go you know drive the properties and so on if you were new to the vacation rental business and you were trying to maybe get a good deal get an owner finance deal get a little bit of an an under market deal how would you proceed like what would be the first thing you would do
3: I would contact the local municipality of where I'm looking and find out where vacation, vacation rentals are approved because um, that will tell me right there kind of the ins and outs of what is allowed and not allowed. Once I got that information, I would try to connect with a, with a realtor in that area or maybe call a closing company and say, who is closing vacation rental properties? Or maybe a rental company and ask them some questions about where their rentals are. And then try to look, you know, scour the MLS, Craigslist, and even call some of the property owners on uh, VRBO or whatever site they're looking at. And ask people just straight out, are you sick of your vacation rental? Because I'm looking at buying some in that area. And people will just puke information to you like you would not believe just by calling and having a conversation with them. Mm
1: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Tracy biggest mistake people make in acquiring vacation rentals like like if you do this you're gonna lose money
2: Like any investment buying too high and just not being educated you know um, I highly recommend that folks really research whatever area that is you know if it's their favorite, vacation spots, they went for their with their family for twenty years, even though they feel like they know the area, really know your market. Um because that you just don't want to lose your shirt. And you definitely want to make sure that you know what those rents can yield. You know, just just be a smart just be smart about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And do your research.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't expect to fly in one weekend, learn the market, and buy a property, and then fly home.
2: That's right. <laughs> That's right. It, it's, it's a process, and it's there's a lot of education that goes with it, but it's well worth it. You put the time in, it's well worth it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, uh, guys, we have about two minutes left. Do you have any final thoughts about... I know not only, both of you. Not only have you done this yourself, you've also trained other people to do it. I'm sure you've answered a million questions from people like me who really didn't understand it. The biggest piece of advice you would you would give to somebody before they became your competitor? I
2: would I would say um, really be get crystal clear on how you intend to use the property. I'm going to use a real quick example here. Um, if you use the property personally two weeks a year, you want some amenities, your rate of return is the most important aspect to you. You have about 200000 to spend. And you need a minimum of four bedrooms. Knowing what your goals are and what risks you're willing to take, that's going to, what's going to make you successful in this business.
1: Mm. Good advice. Brad, anything to add?
2: Yeah, if I had to give a tip, I would say if you're
3: going to buy a first one, go do it somewhere that you enjoy because not only will you have cash flow from it or maybe even like the gentleman who called in, you might even break even and be happy with breaking even, but that also gives you a place to go enjoy life with your family. To me,
1: that's as important as it <laughs> Nice. Very nice. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's Tracy Lightfoot and Brad Mancado talking about their experiences as investors and uh, agents in the Branson, Missouri area uh, owning vacation rentals. So I uh, hope uh, you listeners learned a lot from that. I know I did, and I know we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.